You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, Influicity CEO John Davids talks with Kareen Say, revenue marketer specializing in startups. Kareen, welcome to the show. Give us your first insight. Great. So I certainly want to, as I think about our current macro economy right now, it's slowing down and you know, companies are just being a little bit more earnest in pursuing profits above all else. You know, leaders are often trying to cut staff, right? Marketing tends to be one of the first functions to get hit. But you know, I think there are certainly serious consequences to that. But what I want to share is, you know, what can we do as an organization now to really align ourselves to those new aggressive objectives. So if you have a couple of things that I want to share, if you have to adjust budgets here, we want to make sure that we are protecting a lot of our expenses to engaging our customers and potential customers during this time, because a lot of successful go-to-market teams, our focus really is to help guide customers through a lot of these tough times, right? Because our budgets are cut, doesn't mean that we stop marketing to them. So make sure that we are continuously engaging them. A couple of um, low, uh, low-hanging fruit action items that I can share, you know, some of the things that we can start doing now is to adjust our positioning. You know, how do we actually tailor our messaging now to reflect on our customer sentiments, right? How do we be more sensitive to things like cost sensitivity, you know, productivity needs, which are top of mind for a lot of business. So how, practically speaking, would a company, let's just say you're a company that was doing really well, maybe you're a venture-backed startup, so you had raised a bunch of money, and now you're hitting on some tough times, customer purchasing is slowing down. How do you prioritize marketing? Do you cut anything off? And if so, what? Yeah, so budgets are naturally going to be cut. And I would consider cutting anything that's focused on top funnel marketing, right? Anything that's targeted at, you know, long sales cycle, complex sales cycle. You know, now it's really the time to focus more on qualified opportunities, or, you know, opportunities that have higher win rates and you know, shorter sales cycle. So I come from an ABM world account-based marketing. And uh, I would say that's really how marketing and sales should really be running their, you know, the targeting anyway. It's very crisp. It's very focused. You know exactly who you're going after and you know exactly what, what you want to say to them. So no more broad brush marketing. You know, let's go after everyone and see what sticks. So I would say, you know, be crystal clear, you know, no more top funnel marketing, you know, forget about the ones with long sales cycles and low win rates. And work very closely with sales too. You know, you want to identify, you want to really understand what that sales process is like. What are some of the stall points in our buying processes? You know, how do we actually start focusing on content and educational materials, sales enablement that's going to help our customers make buying decisions, right, along that journey. So, you know, no matter how micro it is, right, you want to make sure that our sales team is talking about the right things to make that sale. So cut out... When you say top of funnel, you mean creating awareness among people who have, let's say, never heard of your product, never indicated interest in your product. You want to cut, cut, cut out that sort of marketing and focus on people that have some indication of interest, whether maybe they entered their email address or they attended a, a webinar or an event or something in that respect. Is that what you mean? 
Yes, exactly. Right. So I wouldn't say cut it off completely because that could be dangerous too, as you think through the process, you know, over time when demand picks up again, you want to, you know, be ready to capture on that demand. But, um, you know, I think this is a time when we want to orientate towards more qualified opportunities instead. How do we really help those potential buyers to get through the sales cycle more easily with us? How do we make it easy for them to work with us? And how do you... You mentioned working, putting marketing alongside sales. That's really interesting because I feel like in a lot of companies, they work almost behind silos. They each do their own thing. What's the best way for marketing folks to engage sales and vice versa for sales folks to engage marketing? Yeah. I, I feel like this, you know, when, when I think about revenue, I think of it as a, as a team sport, right? There's no sales, there's no marketing. It's everybody in the company, you know, getting involved. And there's only that one path to revenue. So this, you know, now more than ever is the time for marketing to, to get more involved and understanding what pipeline looks like, what, you know, what that one North Star is, what that revenue number is and oriented themselves in that game. You know, what can marketing do now to not just build top funnel, but to really move customers from, well, I just heard of you. I don't quite know what you're doing to, oh, wow, I see value in what you're doing now. You know, I want to have a conversation with you, right? So work with sales to really map out that buying journey, that sales cycle, and work with sales to really look at roles and responsibilities along that sales cycle, right? Marketing, we're going to be responsible for bringing in these qualified accounts, you know? We will, and this is how we are going to speak to them. When we pass those opportunities over to you, they would have already known A, B, C, D about us, and your job is to pick up from there and drive conversations through. You know, they will be going through consideration stage with you. So, you know, what would you need from us to really facilitate those conversations and accelerate you know, those opportunities to paying customers? So really understand that game plan from end to end. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity. Since 2015, we've been building brand communities that drive revenue. First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com. It seems like a lot of your experience is in B2B. So B2B marketing versus B2C marketing, can you speak to how you might approach things differently? And let's just say again, you're a venture-backed startup, so you're looking for high growth. How might you think about it differently now if you're selling, let's say, a low-cost consumer product versus you're trying to win a $100,000 account? Yeah, great question. I think the major difference between B2B and B2C really is the fact that within B2B, there are just more people in the uh, buying committee there is a buying committee behind that purchase decision, right? Within B2C, you know, you're likely talking to one or two, potentially at most, I would say. But even then within B2B, there are micro SMBs too, where, you know, sales cycles are so much quicker, they're shorter, they're more transactional. And, you know, what remains fundamental and what doesn't change is the fact that, you know, you need to show value. You need to know exactly who your customer is. You need to know how to engage them, how to show value to them. Right, regardless of whether you're in B2C or B2B. So there are two things, right? Know your product, know exactly what you're selling, know what your value is, and know your customer and have a plan to connect the two. So And is there a way, because you're totally right, there's more of a buying committee on on a business purchase. Obviously, yeah. a consumer purchase is just one person making a decision, sometimes impulsively. What about timeframes? So, you know, 
when we talk about speeding up the sales process because you want to, let's say, get people to buy sooner than later because of, of, of a tougher economic climate, is there any way to push a business purchase in the same way that you can with a consumer purchase? So yes, there's certainly in B2B, we're always looking to shorten the sales cycle. And you know, one of the key ways to doing that is to simplify your messaging. Think about a sales deck, for example. We don't want 30 slides in a sales deck, right? How do we actually pitch and deliver value, position ourselves and deliver value in 15 minutes and get them to, you know, make that micro decision? They don't exactly have to buy now. That would be the ideal. But how do we get them to move closer to that buying decision? So we do need to map out that game plan, that journey that are still cycles, so to speak, right? In a B2B environment, because there are multiple stakeholders, we need to know each and every stakeholder, you know, how they make decisions individually and how they make decisions collectively as a committee. So this is where, again, you get into the buyer personas. What are the objectives? What are the needs? And ultimately, you know, we're all human. A lot of our objectives and needs are tied to our own personal success, right? So your job, whether you're in B2B or B2C, is to make them look good. How are you yeah. doing that? How do you add value? So, you know, I would say trotting sales cycle, whether it's B2C or B2B, it's really about making them feel good about themselves. You know, what is their life? What would that better life look like with you on board, you know, as a co-pilot? Yeah. There's two things you said there that really stuck out. Number one, I think people get lost in more is better and bigger decks. And let's let's make this slide deck 40 pages instead of 10 pages. And at the end of the day, you don't get bonus points for difficulty. It doesn't it just because it's harder doesn't mean it's better. And it's oftentimes that you bury the message and people just they don't want to deal with you. They they'd rather have a simpler solution. Yeah. The other thing is you move them along faster so that you can actually push people. Maybe they're not going to make a purchase the same day, but they'll at least give an intent signal like we'll have another meeting or we'll bring this person into the fold. The vice president will come in. The other thing that you mentioned there is I think that people miss is that the people who are making the decision at the end of the day are just people. So how are you going to make their job better? Are you going to let them hit their KPIs faster? Are you going to help them yeah. get that next promotion? Are you going to help them look good to their boss? And so thinking about the psychology of who am I selling this to, it's very different if you're selling to exactly. a CMO versus a VP versus a marketing manager versus an intern. It's a whole different cycle. Exactly. And I would take it one step further beyond business KPIs. It's also personal motivations. Truly understand where they want to get to in their lives. You know, for example, I sell into a lot of um, sales and marketing functions. You know, when I sell digital tools, for example, like people don't want to stay in the jobs as marketing managers forever, right? <laughs> the goal is to move from manager to VP to CMO one day. You know, so what is your plan to help them get that? How do you appeal to their personal motivations? I think, you know, ultimately when we sell to people, you have to recognize people's personal motivations as part of that game plan. Absolutely. Anything else? I, I noticed on your LinkedIn, you've got brand and demand generation. How do you think about doing sort of brand awareness work versus demand generation work? Are those sometimes sort of contradictory to each other or can they work in tandem? They would certainly work in tandem. So the reason why we, I think there was a time when, you know, there was so much focus on demand gen, performance, numbers, numbers, numbers. And I think uh, there certainly is a place for, for that in marketing. But ultimately, if people don't know you, if there's no affinity, you're not going to get your number. And this is where brand is critical. You know, how do we actually leverage our, our personality, our brand identity, our brand strategy to grow a very healthy, a very rich territory for 
prospecting for relationship building how do you build that affinity so that you know when you start building your demand there's you know there's something for you to prospect into so i would think of it as a funnel <laughs> you know brand being top funnel and it's key for the long term right and uh, demand coming in to you know to really create intent and uh, there are various pieces to the demand engine too. There's demand creation, uh, there's demand capture, and then there's also sales acceleration. But that's one piece of the engine where it becomes very, very performance basically like. But that's not going to happen without the qualitative you know, aspect to it, the brand piece to it. Interesting. Interesting. And then one last note on that. Do you think there are any vehicles? So here we are in uh, early 2023. Where are you putting most of your attention? I mean, there's TikTok and LinkedIn, there's podcasts, there's ways to build demand across so obviously Facebook, Google. What is it? So many of them. I can't yeah. keep up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would say, I think these channels are just going to expand over time. There's also the metaverse, I mean, on the web, web three. But uh, what's most important is before we get to carry it away with all these tactics, is really is back to knowing your customer. You know, are they what channels are they on? Where do they tend to commune? Where do they gather? Where do you need to be to be part of the conversations they are having already? And so, you know, uh, use that to guide your strategy. Use that to guide the way you want to talk to them and where you want to talk to them, where you want to distribute your strategy, uh, your, your messages. So for example, um, in B2B, at one point, TikTok was not necessarily a key channel for us, but over time, right, it has become a key channel. And so we cannot ignore that. Um, now, everyone is talking about Web3. Should I start putting my marketing on Web3? That's subjective. That depends on whether, you know, whether your customers are there. So I would say, you know, definitely keep an eye on how how the market is playing out, but at the same time, be specific and crisp on where your target audience is. If you have the time, if you have the money, certainly you want to be everywhere. That's great. That's ideal. But I don't think this is time for us to want to be everywhere. Again, it's back to staying very focused. Yeah, I, I was. You, you took the words out of my mouth. People think, oh, well, if it exists, I should be there. And ultimately, if you have the money, sure, put it into there. But ultimately, if you if you actually measure your channels, you will see probably yeah. 70 or 80% is coming from one or two of the things you're doing. So if you need to prioritize, yeah. that's where you do it. Yeah, yeah. And on the flip side too, I know there are a lot of traditional channels like PPC and paid social and what have you. But uh, sometimes these are not necessarily the most profitable channels for you if your market is not there, right? We know, for example, that PPC six, takes, what, six months to bear fruit. And, you know, if, if you need revenues right now, there may be better ways to get to, get to your target audience than uh, tend to focus on PPC. That could potentially be the long game. But uh, if you're thinking of the now, you know, I can think of a million other ways to, to reach them. Yeah. Okay, Corrine, this was great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at Influicity.com.